right, open up your Bibles, hallelujah, to 1 Samuel, the 22nd chapter. 1 Samuel, chapter number 22. Hallelujah, Jesus. Beginning at verse number 1. Glory to God. Pray for me. My voice got to last for two more services. Amen. And that, let me tell you, that morning, that morning group, they, they come in and have church. Amen. Hallelujah. They made me work. Hallelujah. And I, I just believe that this group is going to be any different. Amen. Um, and so let's get into it. Amen. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says this so. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. And I want you to see the kind of people that came to meet him there. And everyone that was in distress, and everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. I wonder if anybody came in this morning feeling like that. And he became a captain over them, and there were with him about four hundred men now David is on the run he's running for his life he is in a dark and in a tight place and 400 men show up isn't that like God you are in a tight dark place and that's when he sends people <laughs> to you so that you can minister to them to see what you will do amen and so my message title for you today is very simple. Hallelujah. Go ahead and put it on the screen. It's quite humorous. I want to talk to you for a little, a little while under the subject, man cave conduct. Man cave conduct. Hallelujah. It matters how you conduct yourself when you are in the season of being in a cave. Amen, somebody. I would dare say that how you handle the cave season will determine the level of success you have outside of the cave. Amen, somebody. So with that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless your name, and we thank you, Lord God, for your word in advance, because we know it doesn't return unto you void. And so, Father God, release the word today with purpose. Let it land on good ground, and we give you honor and glory for it now. In Jesus' name, and the church say it, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to begin by submitting to you, hallelujah, that dark times are essential as it pertains to development and discipleship. I said dark times are essential as it pertains to development and discipleship. Your God brings out kings from caves. I said your God brings kings out of caves. In other words, God uses dark places to build leaders. I said God can use dark places to build leaders. Uh, let me submit to you that nothing manifests on the earth without first going through a space or a time of darkness. I said nothing manifests on the earth without first going through a space or time of darkness. As a matter of fact, none of you came to be 
on this planet without first going through a time or a space of darkness. Perhaps you don't remember, but let me remind you that you spend nine months in the womb, hallelujah, in a space or time that was dark and tight. Are you in this place, church? I want to submit to you that some of the greatest things grow in dark places. I said some of the greatest things grow in dark places. Hallelujah. If you don't understand that, you will never understand faith. I said if you don't understand that, you'll never understand faith. Hallelujah. Because here's the reality. We like the lights on because we like to see where we're going. But your Bible says that the just shall live by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a little difficult to do sometimes because we like the idea of seeing and we like the idea of understanding. But your Bible says, hallelujah, that you ought not lean to your own understanding, amen, but in all your ways acknowledge him so that he can direct your path. Amen, somebody. And when talking about a cave, let me just submit to you, hallelujah, that a cave is a dark place. It is a place where there is not a lot of light, hallelujah. And God often would allow you to end up in this kind of place, watch this, so that before you find out what you are capable of, you realize what you're not capable of. Are you in this place? And so I want to submit to somebody in this place today that before you adequately, adequately walk in your strength, you have to first handle the parts of you that are weak. I said before you can adequately walk in your strength, you have to learn how to handle the parts of you that are weak. The Bible in our text is letting us know that David is on the run. But I want to submit to you that he's not just running, he's running passionately. Are you following what I'm saying in here? The Bible says that he becomes a captain over the 400. Hallelujah. And what that allows me to know is that, watch this, captains are found in caves. I said captains are found in caves. When we're talking about David, we're talking about a different kind of leader. When we're talking about David, we're talking about a man who had, watch this, hallelujah, a heart after God. And I just believe that in this season, hallelujah, uh, uh, God is shifting something in the hearts of his leaders where he's making his leaders more sensitive, watch this, to the needs of people. I said to the needs of people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because there are many, watch this, who want to lead us who don't want to touch us. I said there are many who, watch this, want to lead us who don't necessarily want to touch us. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. And here's the reality. You cannot demand to lead and you cannot demand to preach, hallelujah, if you don't first understand the human nature. I said the human nature nature and so watch this we need people and we need leaders watch this who have not forgotten their pain and who are acquainted with grief why because these kind of people can be touched by the feeling of our infirmity just like the Lord Jesus Christ was if you're with me in this place shout glory and watch this, while the Bible talks about many of the unique relationships that a lot of men had with God, watch this, only David's heart is applauded by God. I said only David's heart is applauded by God. God says about this man, he is a man after my own 
heart. And so watch this, when God assigns a leader to a people or a people to a leader, one of the most important things is going to be language. This is why in Jeremiah, God says, I will give them pastors after my own heart. In other words, I'm going to give you leaders that are going to communicate, not their heart, they're going to communicate my heart. Not just their words, watch this, but knowledge and understanding that comes from above. Are you in this place, church? And so with that being said, let me give you my first point on today. Let's go to work. Amen. God trains men he trusts by trouble. I want to read that one more time. God trains men he trusts by trouble. I ain't getting no amens right there. Hallelujah. Watch this. And let me just throw in there that brokenness is key. I said brokenness is key. There are a lot of us, watch this, that want to be blessed but don't want to be broken. And I want to submit to you that you can never be really blessed until you are first broken. Are you following what I'm saying in here? Hallelujah. Jacob wrestles with God and says, bless me. But he don't leave the encounter blessed until something breaks. God helped me in here. And what breaks changes the way he walks forever. Are you following what I'm saying in this place? If the woman with the alabaster box were here, she would tell you, hallelujah, when I broke it, I was able to give God all of the contents inside. See, the problem with some of us is that we're open, but we're not broken. And as long as you are open, you can give God a portion of who you are. You can give God a portion of your worship, but it's not until you are broken that you can give God all your praise and all your worship. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do I got at least 15 people in here that are not just open but are broken that can give God about 15 seconds of real praise, real praise? Yeah, 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 the kind of praise that gives God all their worship, not just a portion of their worship, hallelujah. The mamas that are in the room understand what I'm talking about because uh, if a mama remembers, hallelujah, having children, she knows that when her water breaks, that is a sign that something of value is about to come forth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The breaking is a sign of something of value coming forth. Jesus, on one occasion, watch this, breaks bread. And when he breaks bread for the two that were walking on the road to Emmaus, hallelujah, the Bible says their eyes opened, hallelujah. Some of us don't have vision because we haven't been broken. Are you hearing what I'm saying? On another occasion, watch this, he breaks bread and then he multiplies it. And oftentimes, hallelujah, we want to see multiplication, but we want to see it without brokenness. And you're not going to see it. Jesus takes a piece of bread and breaks it in the presence of his disciples. And he says, this is my body broken for you. And because of that, you now can receive life. And so watch this. If you expect God to use you, watch this, to, be, to give life to others, you have to know that brokenness is required. Are you in this place, church? And so watch this. God trains men he trusts by trouble. Can God trust you with trouble? And I will submit to you that if you have not had trouble, you cannot be trusted. I said if you have not had trouble, you cannot be trusted. Are you hearing this preacher? Watch this. Let's get back to this story. David is on the run from a man people chose but God endorsed. I said David 
is on the run from a man that people cho chose, but God endorsed. So let's not get it twisted, because sometimes we, we, we talk about King Saul like he was not anointed and like he wasn't chosen. But I will submit to you that even though the people were asking for, for a, a king that they could see, that God didn't leave it up to a democratic vote. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, God determined, okay, you want a king, but I'm going to show you who he is. And I'm going to put my hand on him. So understand that David is on the run from a man that men chose, but God has endorsed. Amen, somebody. So watch this. When you look at Saul, he is a picture of someone who is anointed but underdeveloped. And so watch this. That is a reality. You could be in here and you could be anointed and underdeveloped. Are you following what I'm saying in here? In other words, it is possible for God to use you even though he's still working on you. And somebody ought to praise him for that right there. Somebody ought to praise him that he does not wait until he finishes working on every aspect of your life to get you in a place where he can use you. But watch this. Even while he's working on you, he uses you. That's a powerful God right there. Hallelujah. I'm going to make a statement in here that's going to bother somebody, but it's all right. You got to hear me in the spirit. Hallelujah. There are people that God is using, hallelujah, that he's not necessarily fond of. And the reason I say that, hallelujah, is so that we never make the mistake to get a big head. Because everybody in this room, including me, is replaceable. And so watch this, hallelujah, we can make the mistake to assume that God is using us the way he's using us because of us. And God says, don't get it twisted, hallelujah, because if you believe that, you need to check the story, watch this, of Balaam's mule, of Balaam's donkey, hallelujah. Watch this, because I'll put my anointing on a mule, hallelujah, just to let you know that I'm more connected with the need than I am the man. I said that I'm more connected with the need than I am the man. Are you blessed in this place? And so I want you to see what's going on in this story. Watch this, David is anointed, we know that. David is anointed, but King Saul is still appointed. Hear me. I said David is anointed, but King Saul is appointed, which leads to my next point. Potentiality has to run at a certain pace. I said potentiality has to run at a certain pace. In other words, you never want to make the mistake to get ahead of yourself. If you are in this room and you know that there is a word of God hovering over your life, that that word is prophetic and that is a, there is a prophecy over your life, the worst thing you could do is try to make that prophecy come to pass on your own. Your potentiality needs to run at a certain pace. Look at somebody real quickly and tell them, wait your turn. Wait your turn, hallelujah, because if you don't have the ability to wait your turn, you can make the mistake to poison yourself. If you're blessed in this place, shout glory. Ooh, it is possible to be anointed and not ready. I said it is, God help me in here. It is possible to be anointed and not ready. Watch this. David has power, but he does not have the authority. Not yet. I said he has power, but he does not have authority. See, most of us think that power and authority mean the same thing. Uh -uh. Wrong. Let me give you the, dis the difference in a very simple illustration. Power is like you having a gun. Uh, authority is you having the badge that gives you permission to use the gun. 
And just because you have power does not mean you have authority. God, help me in this place. And oftentimes what ends up happening, hallelujah, is that you have people, hear me now, hallelujah, who have power uh, shooting a gun they don't have a license for. In other words, watch this now, hallelujah, we got Christian vigilantes. I said Christian vigilantes huh, who are not necessarily happy with what the leader is doing and think that they can take matters into their own hands. And assume that because they have power, they have authority. And if you're not careful, you can end up like the seven sons of Sceva. I wish I had some Bible readers in the house this morning. Hallelujah. You can end up like the seven sons of Sceva. Hallelujah. Where there's a group of men who try to use power, but didn't have the authority to use that power. And so the enemy, the devil, rose up. Hallelujah. And said, watch this. Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. Why? Because they have authority. But you, you don't have no authority. You think you have power, but we have power too. And the kingdom of God. Darkness only bows down to authority and you don't have it. If you're in this place, shout glory. How many of you understand that it's illegal to shoot a gun you don't have a badge for? It's illegal to shoot a gun that you don't have a license for. Hallelujah. Are you blessed in here? You have to understand that your kingdom operates under a code of honor. And God does not move in this honor. Are you following what I'm saying? The, the, the bad thing about that is that we live in a generation filled with dishonor. We live in a generation today, hallelujah, that does not respect authority, hallelujah, and actually applauds disrespect. But in the kingdom of God, that will never work. Are you following? Because your God is a God of order. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Hallelujah. And so watch this. What makes David special and separates him from many people is simply this. Watch this. David, unlike most, understands that he can't use his oil as long as it is in conflict with the crown. He can't use his oil because, watch this, even though he has power, he doesn't have the authority. Are you following what I'm saying? And so he recognizes that and says, watch this. Let me, let me run in pace. And let me not get ahead of myself. Oh, God. And so, so here's what ends up happening, hallelujah. Oftentimes, you have to be careful that you don't drink the wine of the praises of your own potential. I said you have to be careful that you don't drink the wine of the praises of your own potential. And God will test you with a song of your own potentiality. Oh, God help me in here. I hope that's not too deep for you. But if you know the story like I do, when David comes home from the battle, on one occasion, there's this brand new song that just came out on the radio. And the women were singing it, and it was called, watch this, Saul kills his thousands, and David kills his ten thousands. Are you feeling, what, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so Saul is the king, so you can imagine how that song made him feel. And most of the time when we preach this, we talk about how it was a test to King Saul and his leadership. But I will submit to you that it is also a test to the potential leader. Because God wants to know if that potential leader will be driven, watch this, by the accolades and the applause of men. Are you following what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah, Jesus. Watch this. And so David was tested with songs of his own praises. 
to see if he will come out of character and use his gun when he doesn't have the badge. But David understood, if I use my gun without having the badge, I forfeit my opportunity. So he said, I will not touch God's anointed. In other words, I know my place and I'm going to run in pace. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. And because he was anointed, King Saul was trying to assassinate him. Could you imagine that? Attacked because I'm anointed. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Hallelujah. He wanted to foil him because of the oil on him. Amen, church? Now, let's talk about David for a moment some more. Uh, this is not just an individual that has not been through nothing. I love the fact that God delights and uses people when using people who have been through some stuff. And when David gets to the cave, watch this, David has been through some stuff. David has dealt with, watch this, rejection on a very high level. And I don't know if you're in here and you've ever had to deal with rejection, but David had to deal with rejection that came from his own father. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? And to this day, many scholars even debate, hallelujah, whether, watch this, uh, David, watch this, because the Bible doesn't mention uh, a whole lot about his mama. The only time uh, the Bible mentions his father and mother, uh, many scholars believe that it's talking about his stepmother. Because of something David says, hallelujah, in the scriptures when he said, I was shapen in iniquity. And most people just uh, read that loosely to assume that it just means I was born into sin. Hallelujah. But many scholars debate that perhaps Jesse, the father of David, had an adulterous affair. That he was born out of sin, not just into sin. God help me. And the, and the reason, that, and this is just speculation, this is just speculation, amen. The Bible's not clear on this, but the reason the question comes up is because why does Jesse, his father, hide him? When it, when it comes time for the lineup, when the man of God, Samuel, comes with his horn full of oil to anoint the next king, Jesse, the father, lines up seven sons, but there's an eighth one. And he hides him. He doesn't even mention him. And you, you know, you think that's a coincidence? Hallelujah. No, that's not a coincidence because I will say this about people, especially us men who have a tendency to hide our mistakes. Are you in this place, church? And so while I'm talking about speculation, hallelujah, the questions do have to arise. Why does he hide him? And so... David is undergoing some serious rejection. And so you have to understand, hallelujah, that sometimes the cave is not a bad place. That God actually carves out the cave for your recovery. Because before I use you in a powerful way, I have to heal you. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. And so watch this. David is familiar with pain. He's not only familiar with pain, he's also familiar with fighting. David can fight. He's a fighter and he's been in some fights I wonder if I just got some real people in here that could testify I have had some doozies myself pastor I've been in some battles and I've been in some fights he is familiar with fighting so I want you to understand that he is not scared of King Saul 
I said he's not scared of King Saul. He's, watch this, in a moment I'm going to show you, hallelujah, that even though he's running, he's running for something. Watch this, not just running from something. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? And I know that to be true because he's not scared. This is the man who usually ran at giants, not away from giants. This is a man who's not scared of people because where he grew up, hallelujah, he dealt with wild things. I wonder if I got anybody in here who knows what I'm talking about. I said where he grew up. Listen, when King Saul asked him, what qualifies you to fight Goliath? You know what David said? In my neighborhood. <laughs> David said, where I grew up, hallelujah, a lion tried to take my sheep. And another occasion, a bear tried to take my sheep and I handled that. In other words, hallelujah, where I grew up, I grew up around some wild stuff, hallelujah. But that wild stuff made me strong. And this here giant is just a man. And he's going to end up like one of them when I finish with him. In other words, he's not scared of any man. He does not fear man, but he does fear God. I said he does fear God. Watch this. And so while he's a fighter, he's also a man who respects authority. I love this guy. Hallelujah. I wish there were more like him in the world because David, in essence, is saying, I'm not going to allow my personal opinion to dictate my actions against King Saul, rebel against authority, watch this, and lose my opportunity. I'm anointed to be king, and so I have to run in pace without getting ahead of myself making the mistake of taking matters into my own hand and making my own prophecy come to pass. And so I'm running in pace. Look at somebody real quick again and say, wait your turn. Wait your turn. Woo. What, makes this is what makes this really difficult for David is the fact that he loves King Saul. This is what's hard, Hallelujah. Uh, because you really shouldn't fight people you love. It, it becomes difficult to fight people you love. If you're truly an enemy, then let's go, right? But uh, if I love you, it's hard to fight you. Even when you don't have a problem fighting me. And so watch this. He's not, he's, it's just not who he is. So he's not going to attack somebody that. He loves, oh God, help me in here. He's facing an adversary. He will not attack. Can I submit something to you? God will always test you in the principle of honor before you are promoted in the house. God will always test you with the principle of honor before he promotes you in the house. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. I love David because even uh, when he didn't have it all together, it doesn't mean that he was perfect. And even when he did the wrong thing, hallelujah, he would always pray, God, do not take your spirit from me. In other words, he had such a repentant heart, hallelujah, that even when he messed up, he said, God, I could lose everything, but do not take your hand off of my life. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. In other words, take the car, take the house, take the stuff, take whatever you need to take, but do not take your 
your hand off of my life because I realized that I didn't get here by myself and I realized that what I'm doing I can't do on my own strength so if you're going to move anything move it hallelujah but do not remove your hand from my life because I can't do anything by myself and everything I do I do because I know your hand is on my life don't take your hand off of me and so he's on the run and ends up running into a safe place hallelujah what most of you would view as an obstacle hallelujah is quickly becoming a safe place for David I'm submitting to you that God carves out a cave so that you can recover are you in this place and because while David has the potential to be a great king hallelujah he is wounded do you, oh God, help me in here. And I'm going to submit to you, hallelujah, because I know you got your church face on. Uh, that, that even though your wounds are not visible, that does not mean they're not painful. I said even though your wounds are not visible, that does not mean that your wounds are not painful are you in this place anybody in here who has ever been through any kind of rejection you begin to understand hallelujah that even though uh, rejection hallelujah is not a wound that is visible and does not require a band-aid it still is a wound that is very terrible are you in this place church hallelujah and understand that he was not rejected by he was not rejected by God he was rejected by men, which leads, hallelujah, to my next point. And I've already talked about it, but let me say it anyway. God's favor does not discontinue just because man's favor does not continue. Let me read that one more time. God's favor does not discontinue just because man's favor does not continue. Even though man has given up on him, God has not given up on him. God's doing his best work, and he's doing it in the cave. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Woo. God's consistent love brought recovery and cleansed him from the toxic poison that rejection can bring. Amen, somebody. Woo. So watch this. That cave was carved out for his recovery. Not just his recovery, but I would dare say his reconstruction. I said his reconstruction. Can I just submit to you, hallelujah, that a, that a cave is nothing more than a hole in a wall. Amen. And can I just submit to you for a moment that every wall is not meant to block you. That every wall is not meant to stop you. That there are some walls you're supposed to leap over. Some walls you're supposed to climb. There's some walls you're supposed to tear down with your praise. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. But when God is growing you, there's going to come a place, watch this, in your spiritual maturity where you are going to have to find your place in the wall. Because it's part of the development process. If you're in this place, shout glory. I guess what I'm really trying to say is that it's not always the devil that's trying to block you. <laughs> You know, every time you run into an obstacle, this devil trying to block me, trying to stop me. Let me just submit to you that sometimes God intentionally will put something in your way to test your intelligence. To see how you will handle it to determine if you are ready for the next level. Do I got a church in here this morning? Ah, God, have mercy in this place. In other words, I, I want to tell somebody in here that I serve a God who will deliberately hand you a problem. And then sit back and watch how you deal with that problem. 
quiet in here today. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray it's because you're engaged. Hallelujah. Mm. Put my next point out there. Hallelujah. Run for something you can see in the future. Run. I said run for something that you can see in the future. I want to submit to you, hallelujah, that David is not just running from something. He's running for something. I said he's not just running from something, he's running for something. I want to submit to you, hallelujah, and we've already said it, that he is not scared of King Saul and what Saul can do to him. But he's afraid of what the future might look like if he doesn't run. I said he's afraid of what the future might look like if he doesn't run. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And in essence, what he's saying is I have to stay alive. I ain't scared to fight and I ain't scared to die. But I realize I have to stay alive so that I can help people who are dying. God, help me in here. And if you know the story like I do, these, four, these, these 400 men come to him and they come to him in bad shape. And it's almost like David can pry or see into the future, hallelujah, because he determines I have to live. It's not that I'm just running from something, I'm running for something. And watch this, you really can't run for something until you learn how to run from something. God help me in here, hallelujah. And you have to understand, hallelujah, I wish I had some real people in here that could testify. The reason I'm running from something is because I'm running for something. In other words, I'm running, watch this, hallelujah, from anything that will hold me back. I'm running from wrong people, hallelujah, that will hold me back, hallelujah, become a weight in my life and keep me from getting to my destiny. I'm running from drugs and paraphernalia hallelujah I'm running hallelujah from a bad attitude are you hearing what I'm saying in this place I'm running from fornication and an adulterous spirit hallelujah so that I can continue to press forward God help me in here to what God has for me Ooh. do you have a picture of the future can I help you in here if you do chase your future are you following what I'm saying in this place? Jesus said, for the joy set before me, I endured the cross. Because I have a picture in front of me of where I'm going, I can deal with whatever's transpiring in my life right now. My Bible says that without a vision, the people perish. So you need a vision of the future so you can run. Run for something you can see in the future. Oh, God, have mercy in here. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. I, wonder, I wonder if David uh, caught a glimpse of what Isaiah talked about when he said that out of the root of Jesse, the Messiah would spring forth. Amen. I wonder if David had a revelation that the Messiah was coming through his lineage because then I could really understand David uh, saying, I'm running for my life because I know uh, that the one that's coming to set us free is coming through my line. I've been called for greatness. And because I've been called for greatness, I'm not going to allow any temptation to outweigh what I see in front of me. Oh, my God. You, you can't keep people from sinning just by telling them to stop sinning. You got to put a vision in front of them so that they can weigh what they're tempted to do with what God has placed in front of them. And they can determine this is too small a thing. For me to get distracted and unfocused, hallelujah. It is clear God has made my destiny clear to me. Are you blessed in here, church? Ooh, it is a very dangerous thing to continually have a prophecy hovering over your life you're not ready for. 
You need to get ready for that word that's spoken over your life. You need to prepare for what God said he's going to do. Now I want to submit to you that this was a, a complex cave. It was a complex cave. When you study it out, hallelujah, you begin to realize that this wasn't just no, no, no little hole uh, in a wall that just happened, hallelujah. This cave was excavated. In other words, somebody hand-carved it, hallelujah, because they wanted somebody to habitate it in the future. They wanted it to become somebody's habitat or habitation in the future. Ah, oh, God. Uh, your God is a planner. <laughs> he plans ahead. And I want to submit to you that there is a cave that's tailor-made for you. It's part of your process. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Sometimes we despise the cave because uh, it's tight and it's dark. And so watch this. It's, it's tight, but it's right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If Jonah was here, he said, it wasn't a cave. It was a fish, but it felt like a cave. And while it was tight, it was right. God was using that cave to preserve me. Ooh, to get me back on track because I had gotten distracted. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. My God, help me in here. I said it was carved out. It was like God uh, carved a pocket out of this wall. It was like a cabinet that was necessary. Can I submit to you that your God is a God of order? I said he is a God of order. One of the things that concerns me, hallelujah, about this generation is their uh, lack of understanding concerning protocol. That your God being a God of order is also a God of protocol. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That he does not do anything chaotically, though he can move in chaos. <laughs> God, have mercy in here. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And because he is a God of order, hallelujah, oftentimes if we're not careful, we make the mistake to assume, watch this, that we don't need structure. We just need flow. And, and we remove, watch this, the responsibility of being structured, watch this, in the name of a move of God. And we'll say something like, let the spirit move. But what we don't understand, hallelujah, is that your God is a God of order. And the spirit won't move if there's no order. Oh, God, help me in here. And if you're trying to move in the spirit without order, he'll call you carnal. Just like the apostle Paul did in the Corinthian church when they were hanging off the chandeliers and breaking the benches. And, and they thought it was a move of God. But when the apostle Paul got in there, he said, you're all out of order. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what you have to understand is that there is structure and then there's flow. And in any given service, on any given Wednesday or Sunday night, as it pertains to this church, there might be more structure one night and there may be more flow on another night. Hallelujah. But either way, there'll be both elements. Are you following what I'm saying in here? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Can I teach a little bit? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God in this season is raising up leaders according to protocol. I said according, God help me in this place. I said according to protocol. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? You know, there, there was a time, God, can I say it like I feel it? I didn't share this with the 9 a.m., hallelujah, but this is going to be free. Watch this. Uh, there was a time where prophets would receive their call from God through succession. 
That's how a prophet was called. Uh, another prophet who was carrying a mantle, watch this, would receive a word from God about who was going to be his successor. Are you following what I'm saying? See, we think that a mantle, watch this, of prophet just falls from heaven. But a mantle of a prophet comes through succession. That's why, hallelujah, when God has an Elisha in mind to be a prophet, he gets an Elijah to come to him and touch him with his mantle. And it's not until he's touched with the mantle that he can later wear that mantle. God help me in here. In other words, it comes through succession. Are you following what I'm saying? Oh, my God. But today we have a lot of self-appointed prophets. Uh-oh, God may get in trouble now, but I'm going to preach anyway. I said we have a lot of self-appointed prophets. Are you hearing? And social media has made it real easy for people to create their own platforms. And so what you have on social media oftentimes, not everybody, but oftentimes is self-appointed prophets who created their own platforms. Watch this. And are shooting guns they don't have badges for. I said they're shooting guns they don't have badges for trying to use power they don't have authority for and they don't know how to submit their gift under authority and because they're self-appointed watch this that thing won't grow and that thing will not flourish hallelujah because they have no covering it's like a highlighter without the top it's just a matter of time before that thing dries up are you in this because God don't work that way the kingdom of God works through Authority, And I will submit to you, hallelujah, that if you have a calling on your life, there will always be two witnesses, an earthly witness and a heavenly witness. That's why it took a prophet named John the Baptist, who the New Testament calls a prophet. Watch this. When Jesus steps into the water, he points him out. That's the earthly witness and says, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And then immediately the heavens open and here comes your heavenly witness that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And so you have an earthly witness and you have an heavenly witness. But you got people today who don't feel like they have to submit their gift, hallelujah, to any authority and are trying to point themselves out instead of waiting for somebody to point them out. Wait your turn. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Hallelujah. And so watch this, hallelujah. Put my next point up there. I'm running out of time. Before you can shine, you have to learn how to hide. Before you can shine, you have to learn how to hide. You know, we live in a generation today that all they talk about is my time to shine. It's my turn. It's my time. Watch out. I come from a generation, watch this, when I was coming up, the church I came up in told me you got to learn how to hide first. And most men God called, hallelujah, were not interested in being seen. And he called men like Gideon. And when he found Gideon, you know where he found them? In a cave. And he called prophets like Elijah. And Elijah, even though he was powerful, had to spend some time uh, in the cave. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In this place. Hallelujah. Oh, God, have mercy in here. See, the problem with us is that we want notoriety, but we have not spent enough time in obscurity. And if you have not spent enough time in obscurity, it will show up in your immaturity. Are you in this place, church? 
But those hand claps are getting so vague. <laughs> Somebody shout, I'm listening. Hallelujah. Can I be real with you in this place? Hallelujah. And, and, and listen, the, the kind of wisdom that God wants to develop in us has nothing to do with age. Can I, can I really say it like I feel it? Because here's the reality. You could be old and be an old fool. <laughs> I had to do it. Hallelujah. Listen, but let me not talk about you. Let me talk about myself. Here's the reality. God is sending this old fool back to school. Why? Because my mantle demands it. I said because my mantle demands it. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Here's what I begin to learn, amen. There are some things that God can't deliver you from while you're in the spotlight. So he has to get you in a tight, dark place, watch this, so that you can have a safe place to transform. And you ought to be glad, God, help me in here. You ought to be glad that God doesn't build your character in public. You don't hear me. Because if God built your character in public, everybody will see your flaws. But since God is so good and he knows that you are not ready to let everybody see your unreadiness, he says, let me hide you so I can heal you. And he does his best work behind closed doors. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. And you ought to be glad. You ought to be glad, hallelujah, that he gives you a safe place so that you can transform. Hallelujah. My God. Even Clark Kent couldn't become Superman until he first went into a closet. And so watch this. Hallelujah. I'm not getting dressed and undressed in public. When it comes time for me to transform, I go into a place called the changing room. Oh, God have mercy in here. And you need to understand, hallelujah, that that cave that you're in right now, hallelujah, is not necessarily a negative place. It's your changing room. It's that place that God is using, hallelujah, to bring transformation into your life. I'm working on you. I'm working on your character, hallelujah. I wish somebody would give God praise, hallelujah, for working on me behind closed doors. I challenge you to get in your closet and let God change you. We're going to our closet. We're talking about God change him. God change her. Every time I get in the closet, I end up changing. Amen, somebody. Woo! If you're blessed in here, shout glory. I'm trying to see how I can land the plane. Hallelujah. My God. Amen. God often allows the life we've constructed. Let me see where I'm at in my points. Hallelujah. Put my next point up there. Oh, no, I'm not ready for that yet. Hallelujah. My God, that's premature. God often allows, watch this, the life that we have constructed to fall apart so that he can fix it the way he wants to. It is a picture, the women should know where I'm coming from. It is a picture of the clay being marred in the potter's hand. And then he doesn't throw it away, but he makes it again. Another vessel as he sees fit. Woo! 
Oh, God, are you blessed in here? It is through, watch this, the demolition of what I thought my life was supposed to be that now it can become the life God always wanted it to be. Are you blessed in here, church? Ooh. And so what I want to submit to you on tonight or today is simply this. David was not rejected at Adullam. He was rejected to Adullam. In other words, he was correctly positioned there by God. There is a cave that is tailor-made for me. There is a cave that is tailor-made for you where God, watch this, gets you alone in order to develop you. Are you blessed in here? So that cave was not just, watch this, carved out for his recovery. It was carved out for his reconstruction. Amen? God is transforming him and healing him. Woo! Have mercy in this place. Not only did he carve it out for those two things, he carved it out for his reunion. Watch this. If you know the story like I do, the text says that his parents and his brothers show up at the cave. Now, here's what you had to understand. They didn't show up when he was first invited to Saul's palace. They didn't come with him then. And they didn't show up when he became the captain of the troop, of the host of Saul's army. But now he's in a low place. He's in a tight place. And he's in a dark place. And here they come to show up, Ooh, which leads me to the next point. Let's put it up there now. Sometimes the breakdown produces the breakthrough. I said sometimes the breakdown produces the breakthrough. And watch this. Here you have strained sibling relationships that were healed. Where? In the cave. In other words, the crisis caused the family to come together. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place, church? Ooh, sometimes trouble is a unifying force. I said sometimes trouble becomes a unifying force for people. So it was carved out for his reunion as well. Oh, God have mercy in here. Let me say something to somebody in this place. You, listen, God has people for you you haven't met yet I said God has people for you you have not met yet God help me in this place now here's what you need to understand about that you're going to need people in your life they're going to come equipped hallelujah with what you need so that you can accomplish what God has called you to do so for the person who has an attitude that says I don't need nobody I don't need nobody but eh. Every time God's going to bless you, you can count on that blessing coming on two legs. I said every time God is going to bless you, he is often going to use a person to do it. That's why the Bible says two are better than one and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Hallelujah. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand to flight. Do you see the math? <laughs> are you blessed in here? My God, hallelujah. I came to tell somebody in this place, hallelujah, that if in this last season you were slandered by people who had less than you, in this season you will be celebrated by people who have more than you. That's a word for somebody. I said, and if in this last season you were slandered by people who had less than you, in this season you will be celebrated by people 
who have more than you. Everybody who knows you is about to watch you meet people you have not met. That God is going to use to progress you. God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. If you're blessed, shout glory. And so I came to tell somebody in this place that what you saw as a blockage, what you saw as an obstacle, what you saw as a wall is actually a meeting place. Hallelujah. They're coming to find you in the cave. And very quickly before we leave on today, I want to give you very, I just want to show you very quickly the kinds of people that came. We read it. Hallelujah. We're still just dissecting two verses. <laughs> the kind of people that came to the cave. The Bible says, watch this, that it wasn't the rich, it wasn't the wealthy, and it wasn't the courageous nor the happy. Uh, but it was the poor. God help me in here. And I hear God saying, watch this, if you mistreat the poor, you cannot walk with princes. God help me in here. If you mistreat the poor, you cannot walk with princes. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why ministries that are geared, hallelujah, to helping or feeding the poor are so important because that is dear to God's heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? These people that came to David, they didn't really have much to offer. The Bible says they came distressed, they came in debt, and discontented, distressed over the future. They left where they were because there was no vision there. And they are distressed over what will happen. God, help me in here. Then they came in debt. It's amazing to me, hallelujah, how in church we'll see uh, sickness as being more evil than debt. And we ain't got no problem getting up and rebuking cancer and rebuking diabetes. But we'll be okay with living and dying in debt. The devil is a liar. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Nobody's talking back to me, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're blessed, shout glory. glory. I will submit to you, hallelujah, that if you learn how to spend some time in the cave, the cave will teach you to lend. I said the cave will teach you to be the lender and not the borrower. Amen, somebody. That last group was discontented. What that means is that they were dissatisfied with life. Have you ever been there? People who are dissatisfied with life usually project that on other people. I said people who are dissatisfied with life usually project that on other people. And so these are the kind of people that came to David. These are the kind of people that God sent to him while he was on the run, while he was in a tight and in a dark place. Hallelujah. God, help me in here. And I hear God telling somebody in this place, the broken people that I send you, hallelujah, will actually be the carriers of your breakthrough. The broken people that I send you will actually be the carriers, hallelujah, I'm going to use for your breakthrough. Do you believe it in this place? Hallelujah. Mark those that gather around you in the season of the cave. Because, listen, you ain't going to have no problem with nobody following you while you're uh, shining. And you're, you're not going to have uh, no problem with anybody being around when you're winning. But when you find yourself in a dark place 
and people come to gather around you, those are carrying the breakthrough. God, help me in here. It's when, hallelujah, they could have gave up. It's like when Jesus tells the disciples, hallelujah, will you leave me also? Everybody else is leaving. Will you leave me? And they say, where else will I go? Hallelujah. It's those kind of people that will carry the breakthrough. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In this place, hallelujah. Those people that gather around you in the cave season will be instrumental in your reigning season. Amen? And my last point, and I close, hallelujah, with this right here, is, oh, God have mercy. Pour into people who do not look like what they're going to be. I'm going to read it one more time. Pour into people who do not look like what they are going to be. If you read this text like I read it, hallelujah, none of these people looked like they were going anywhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But David poured into them. And when David poured into them, they became, watch this, from being broke, busted, and disgusted, they became, watch this, what the Bible refers to as the mighty men of David. And I wish I had time to talk to you about some of these men and what they did. Hallelujah. Because my Bible declares, watch this, that they had the faces of lions. If you saw them coming down the street, you crossed the street. Hallelujah. That's the kind of face that they had. The Bible says they were ambidextrous. That means they could sling a stone left-handed as well as right-handed with pinpoint accuracy. My Bible says that the weakest one of them can take a hundred, but the strongest can take a thousand. My Bible says that they were as swift as gazelles on the mountain. Hallelujah. These men were bad. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I mean that in a good way. Hallelujah. One of them named Eliezer froze his hand to the sword and fought off 300 men by himself. Another one named Shama drew a line in the sand. Hallelujah. And said, you can't have my harvest. Hallelujah. And it was one plus a majority of people. Hallelujah. But God gave him the victory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Another one named Benai fought a lion in the snow and still beat him. Hallelujah. He was so bad that even while he was stumbling the devil couldn't handle him you don't hear what I'm saying in this place hallelujah these are those men because somebody poured into them when they didn't look like what they were going to be God help me in here in other words David had an anointing for development hallelujah And he took on the task, I got to close, he took on the task of developing these individuals, hallelujah. You can do more by pouring into others than you can do by yourself. Woo! He made the man that was running for his future pause so that he could reproduce himself. I wish I had time. You guys can play something. Listen. You guys doing all right? The landing gear is down. And we're coming in for a landing. Listen. They put Jesus in the cave. And when they put Jesus in the cave, the devil thought it was over. The devil thought he was finished. But when Jesus said, it is finished. He was talking about the future. I need you to think. When he said it is finished, he was thinking, watch this, 
about the principle of reproduction. I've poured myself into the 12. It is finished. Watch this, watch this. If the devil knew better, he'd have left me alone. The Bible puts it like this. If the evil in the world would have known what they were doing when they crucified him, they wouldn't have done it. And Jesus, in essence, is saying, if the devil knew better, he would have left me alone. Because if he leaves me alone, then he only has to deal with one son of God. But because I went into the cave, God help me here. But because I went into the cave, to them who believed on him, he gave the power to become the sons of God. Watch this. It is finished talking about the future. The principle of reproduction. Now the devil won't just have to deal with one son. And now he has to deal with many sons. This is why he said, greater works than these shall ye do in my name. Hallelujah. Because I limited myself to be here and there. But now we have many sons around the world. You're everywhere. Woo. Are you in this place, church? How's your cave conduct? Whew. I got to close. How's your cave conduct? Amen. I learned a lot of things in the cave. Can I be transparent? I learned a lot of things in the cave. In the cave, I learned how to spot snakes and not run. In the cave, hallelujah, I've learned to detect a snake. And rather than being afraid of it, handle it. Ooh, are you in this place? In the cave, I've been able to detect a hater and then never made them aware that I was aware. Because I wasn't going to let my emotions or a personal opinion drive my actions. God, help me in here. Are you following me? Judas, Judas is stealing money. And Jesus knows it. And Jesus doesn't kick him off the team. And Jesus is aware of it, but doesn't make him aware till much later. Why? Because Jesus knows that Judases usually end up hanging themselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And shortly after the hanging, a resurrection. Ooh. Are you following what I'm saying in here? If you're ever going to be a leader, you will deal with snakes. And you have to keep leading. And you have to keep loving. And you have to sleep at night. Not an easy task. Amen. But let me give the person in the cave, the potential up and coming leader, some wisdom in here. When you detect a snake, 
remove your expectation of that individual because most expectations are rooted in disappointment. And as long as you have an expectation, you can be disappointed. Get in your feelings, making it difficult for you to continue to conduct yourself the right way and maintain character. But if you remove the expectation, you can maintain your conduct and keep progressing. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Oh God, have mercy in here. And so watch this, I've learned to love people upon which I have no expectation. Watch this, and I've learned to love people I don't trust. Because I love by faith, but I trust by proof. And I can forgive you because forgiveness is a gift that I received. Therefore, I can give it. I can free you from what you did to me. Are you following me? Because forgiveness is a gift, but trust is an exchange. So just because I forgave you don't mean things go back to normal. You no longer have a debt to pay. But now if you're faithful in the little, I'll release more trust. Ooh. Are you blessed in here, church? Stand to your feet in this place. When you think about this story, it's not just a place for David to go and rest. It is the excavation of David's life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's when God carves out of you the things that have to be removed so that he can dwell in you. Are you following what I'm saying? Because God doesn't dwell in a space he has not touched first. I said God would not dwell in any space he has not touched first. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And your God is an expert at taking a tight, dirty cave and carving it out to make it the place that he inhabits. That's my testimony. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place, church? Woo! Are you blessed? And if that wasn't enough, he makes it a fortress now so that other people can come and find rest. That's your God. If you receive the word of the Lord on today, give him praise in here. Come on. Come on. Give him a real good praise in here. I know we got to go. Hallelujah.